Yo, what's oh. Yo, what's poppin'? It's your man Dean Edwards. Welcome back to another episode of the Father Muckin' Protocol. Bring the beats in, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, you know what? We ain't even going to waste any more time, man. Uh, got my man Felipe Esparza's back for part two of the conversation we started last week, man. Um, you know, make sure you support All Things Comedy and all the wonderful podcasts on All Things Comedy, including my man Felipe's What's Up, Fool? You can catch me on a, a, a recent episode we just did. Had a lot of fun. Had a big blast. Big fun. We're having big fun. Um, and we brought Felipe back, man, because he has such a, such a rich story that we could we couldn't contain him in just one episode we had to do it in two we could have gone for three but two was enough because he has he has a life to live uh things to do family to uh you know uh take care of and i don't want to take too much of his time so felipe thanks man thanks for bringing it back last week we focused on crack this week we <laughs> recovery. This, this week is recovery, man. We um, you know, so so for those that don't didn't listen last week, make sure you check out um my previous episode of the Father Muckin Protocol. Make sure you subscribe, comment, like on all things comedy, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, man. Um, we appreciate y'all support, man. And so once again, we have we have Felipe in here. Felipe, who who uh, just to catch y'all up on where we were when when we last left our hero. Um, age nineteen was when you really got a, you know heavily uh, addicted to uh, crack cocaine. Um, uh, uh, you had done other drugs prior too, but this was this was your your this was the one that just spoke to you, so to say. Yeah, you know. Um, and and do at your lowest, can you crawl? What's what's like the the? Because obviously, and I don't I don't want to go too far, but you're you're a real honest cat. Where where would you say was your lowest point when when you were when you were smoking crack? Probably when I. When I um when I started doing crack again as a comedian. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, that was my lowest point. Be- and why? Why would you because say? Because I I um I was smoking more crack than I did when I first quit did when I was nineteen. Wow! 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 Because when I was nineteen, I was just learning um, basic crack training. <laughs> you know, I would just smoke crack. I know. <laughs> That's how you said that sounded hilarious. You said, yeah, there's basic crack training and was, then there's advanced. I was, no, advanced, advanced. I was in a hell week. Nah. <laughs> I was part of the G. I was looking for them GI bills. Right. I, right. <laughs> I was in basic training. Oh, man. I was, see, when I first started smoking crack, I was smoking crack was a guy that used to sell crack too. Mm-hmm. So that night, he ended up smoking a bunch of crack for free. Oh. And uh, he was smoking out of a out of a out of one of those lug ratchets. Mm. You know when you when you have a I don't know what, I don't know I'm not a mechanic so I don't know what those ratchets. I are. know I know what you're talking about. You though. put it into your wrench and yeah you go, yeah yeah. Well, that thing you could put a, a copper Brillo pad mm-hmm. and shove it in there and you can use that to smoke. Because it's hard. It's just a hard piece of metal. The bad thing is that metal gets really hot. Was, yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was like, how so do you, you gotta hold carry on to a, a, a wet napkin to cool it off? And then put it back in your mouth. Shoot! Damn. But see, whatever you, you can't do a cold rag on a on a glass pipe. That should break. Right. That happened before. Okay. So yeah. the second, the, it was like the third, the second wave of being a, a crackhead as mm-hmm. a comedian, mm-hmm. because now I gotta hide it. Mm-hmm. And I was working with um, Gabriel Iglesias at the time. And you're like a functioning. So you're a functioning dr- uh, drug addict. Yeah, I was. 
I was smoking. I was uh, working with Gabriel, mm -hmm. and then like little by little, they fired me. I couldn't work no more. Mm -hmm. Was well, that because they found out you were smoking? That and acting crazy. Okay. Trying to ask for more time on stage. Mm -hmm. You know, like you get tired of doing ten minutes yeah. for a whole year, yeah. two years. Yeah. Then everybody's doing ten, and then you can do thirty minutes. Mm -hmm. You can do twenty-five. So I wasn't really growing. I was getting funnier, but a little bit at a time. Right. Right. Okay. But um, long story short, I'm at um, I'm in um, Bakersfield. Gabriel had just finished headlining. He's going over the short. He's up there for two hours mm -hmm. now. I'm getting impatient. Want to go leave? Want to go get laid? Pick mm -hmm. up party. Right. The DJ goes, "You want to bump? Mm. Fool! I thought you never asked." Oh, wow. without even thinking about it, mm -hmm. I just did it. Mm -hmm. I could have. There was no time to say no. Right. I just said, "I'll do it." Mm -hmm. I went to the back. He put in a long ass line, mm -hmm. and I did it all. Mm. And from that night, I got loaded that night, and I ended up um, not sleeping. Mm -hmm. I went home. Then um, uh, it's. Like, I knew where to find it. Because mm -hmm. I, I would see these crack... If in my head, like, I remember crackheads begging for money. And I would get to know them. Mm. So they kind of knew my name. Right. So the time I... It's funny, like, I, I guess in my brain, I was planning it out years ago. Right. I must have been planning this out three months ago. Right. So as soon as I, I wanted to co smoke crack, I went to go pick up that homeless guy, put him in my car, dropped him off. He went to go get it. He, back, he got back in my car. And I was smoking crack on Silver Lake mm. on the hill, watching the water. And then um, I did that. And then I, one day I was up for five days, man. Damn, wow, dude. I was like, um, I was living, I was basically for the whole five days, not living, but not going home either. Mm -hmm. I was laying up on the riverbed right there by um, by the Alley River, mm -hmm. right there on Fletcher. Okay. Yeah, because that's where they sold crack in that river. Right. And like, so you stay close to, to yeah. your addiction. I was living by the river already, so mm -hmm. I would walk into this guy's house, and then they would go. We would go to these places that are I've seen on Gangland now. Mm -hmm. You know that I'm pretty sure avenues. Uh, they were on Gangland, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a neighborhood called Drew Street. Okay, and man, that place was like the wild, wild west really? of crack. That neighborhood turned in, it was like a residential neighborhood where mm -hmm. people lived in homes, a lot, a lot of blue-collar people going to work every morning. But, man, that neighborhood turned into my neighborhood mm. where the people selling crack on corners mm -hmm. and there's crackers walking around. So I did that five days straight. And I had money strapped in my house when working with Gabriel. Mm -hmm. I think I must have went through $17,000 in a month. Of crack. Yeah. Shoot. Not just all crack, right. but you know, you got to pay for off, yeah. partying, yeah. buying food. Mm -hmm. But it went fast. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. went fast. Yeah, man. And then after that was gone, I had my room in Brea Improv mm -hmm. at Tortillas. Tortilla Tuesdays. <laughs> Will you, hold on, I've said this before. Why why do people of color love alliteration? Like we love like like. I didn't, mo, I didn't mo pick better that name. No, I'm saying the clubs always think that's what we like because it's like Mo Better Mondays, Tortilla Tuesdays, Tripping on Tuesdays, Wilding Out Wednesdays. There's always the WW to TT to FF, Refried Fridays. You know, I remember on the um, Mitzi Shore had an all Italian comedian. Uh, what she called? Uh, a night of a hundred Guidos. <laughs> Because the names are so cheese. No, this is the funny part. They were complaining that Andrew Dice played with him in the show because not, he's, he's not real, he's not real he's Italian. Jewish. Yeah, he's Jewish. 
He's a Jujino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, that was a character. Um, but okay, so and how much time? Oh man, so I have a show to do on Tuesday night at Brea Improv. Yeah, and I'm and I'm smoking crack, and it's like Wednesday. It's Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. Tuesday afternoon. But I have the show in my head still. Even though I'm smoking crack, I have the show in my head. Because you're functioning. I'm functioning. I got to get that fucking show. Then I said, um, the, the crackheads don't want me to leave, bro. Mm. Because they know I'm buying a bunch of crack and we're all smoking out. Right. One thing about me, man, was when I had the money, I, I wanted to make sure I had money to buy crack and have a good time. And have everyone around me have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a crackhead and you have no crack, but you're in that house, you're you, gonna have you a twenty. You get some too. You right. everybody gets some. Right, right. You, you know that's that was me, man. You were a giving crackhead. I was, bro. A generous crackhead. I wanted everybody to be happy. Mm-hmm. That way, I could use them later when I don't have crack. Ah, okay. So you know, I was pretty so much was buying, I was, I was um, buying votes. Okay, okay. So we're all smoking, and my friend's girlfriend. She would always braid my hair because mm-hmm. I don't want to burn it. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would have, right. I would have braids. Cornrows, right. So when you were, you saw Felipe with cornrows, right. you know he was doing crack. Oh wow! So I showed up to that Brea Improv with cornrows, and people knew they never seen me in cornrows. Right. And and on a side note, cornrows scare everybody. Everyone that's not like actually cornrows even scare like they're black people see whenever I had cornrows like I always wore a hat when I dropped my kids off at school and I had my 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 braids and I was like here let me just wear a hat just because I don't want people projecting the fear of me on my kids. You can have a be a white person with cornrows and you're still going to look scary. Yeah man. It could be Chinese. Yeah. This cornrows yeah. Cornrows. Has a bad rap, which is unfortunate because <laughs> because it's, it's it's a wonderful hairstyle, you know. But but you know, <laughs> from from crackheads to gangsters have realized, oh, you know what? I don't I don't want to burn my my hair or or get my hair in the way when when I'm fighting. It's easier to you know. So I well, I thought it was cool, man, that I'm there smoking crack and I have this girl braiding my hair uh-huh. and we're all smoking crack. Right. And now they don't know I'm Felipe Esparza. Mm. You know, when I go out in the streets. I was using my nickname from the neighborhood, Batman. Oh, they called you Batman. Batman, bro. Yeah, I, I just wanted to, but just call me Batman. Just call me Batman. They used to call him Felipe. I, now they call him Batman. I don't want to respond to. I just don't want to be. I just. Well, I, it's just so stupid. Because even though I was a crackhead, I still want to be a. Uh, a good comic. Yeah, of course. But I don't want to be labeled as Felipe the Crackhead. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be Batman the Crackhead. Right. <laughs> it's hilarious. And the people in that neighborhood, they didn't think I was Mexican anymore, which was good. Oh, wow. They thought I was like Puerto Rican. Oh, okay. Or this Mexican trying you, to be black. You you went up in, in this in the scale of of of, of Latin America. They were like, no, he's 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 a, he's a different brown. Yeah, man, he's all right. He's Pitbull. Right, right, right. right. He's Pitbull with, with cornrows. Man, that neighborhood was so crazy, man. They would, they would like, my friends, you know, was, was, was this black dude. And the reason I knew him was because I knew that he was also a painter. Mm-hmm. He was an artist. Because mm-hmm. the first time I saw him was at Ralph's. He was right there hanging out with a bunch of his paintings, you mm-hmm. know, and he would go ask people, you want to invest in the arts? Okay. So I thought, you know, this guy is an artist, so I would give him money. I never bought a painting, but I would just give him money, mm-hmm. and we'll talk, and he'll tell me about his story. And he did an interesting story, mm-hmm. but he also did crack, I found out later mm-hmm. on. Because mm-hmm. the person that I helped out that took me to that house, 
That guy was living there. Oh, shit, I think I know you. You oh, do art. Wow. Yeah, you do art. What's your name, Batman? So him and I hit it off. Yeah. I mean, we, we became partners in crime. Crack brought you together. Yeah, we were like... Um, Billy Crystal and De uh, <laughs> yeah. and Gregory and, and, Hines. And, oh wow! We were running sprung. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of running scared, Instead we were of running, running scared, running sprung. That's funny, dude. So 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 we had a crack. We had no crack. We had a crack, had a crack circuit. Empire. Yeah, you had a circuit, man. So we had it all planned out. I had a Volvo. Mm -hmm. He had no car. Mm -hmm. We all want to get high. They had no money. So we he can't drive. He can't ride. His bicycle in that neighborhood, because everyone knows he's a crackhead and he's black. There's no black people living in that neighborhood. Okay, so he stood out. Yeah, he stood out, okay. and he he was light skinned though, but he still stood out because um, he wore cornrows too. Uh -huh. And um, everybody in that neighborhood was all Mexican and Filipino, but er all everybody with a thug was selling there. Everybody from downtown was going there. Right. There was a lot of, a lot of traffic. Right. Like this guy pulled us over one day mm -hmm. after we were buying. He goes, Damn, can you guys not come in the daytime no more? Oh wow. To, nicely. That was nice. Okay, like you guys like just drive but don't walk. Because mm -hmm. I guess we're, we're we're being noticeable. Right. Yeah. Low Basically, property we're, value. yeah, we're bringing down the crackhead value. Right. <laughs> Yo, yo, Felipe's on the so, so we would have to park at Denny's on first and on um on Fletcher mm -hmm. at Glendale. Mm -hmm. We got to park at Denny's, and then uh, my friend would take out his ten speed out of the bike, put on a helmet, go right into that neighborhood, mm -hmm. bring the crack back, and then we'll put it the bicycle back nah, in the car right. and go smoke. Right, right. I had a every night. I had a unique. System and in the daytime, we we already knew all the other drug dealers shifts. Mm -hmm. So in the daytime, it was their their father who was sell crack. Mm. It was Damn. an older man in, in his fifties. He would go drop off all his kids at school, mm -hmm. and then he'll drop off our crack at mm -hmm. this um at this free clinic. He would say, "Meet me at that at at la clinica," mm. and this fool would give us Mexican bread in a bag, and mm -hmm. I thought, "I don't want no Mexican." What you fuck? This guy give me a Mexican. Let them cover bread. up the crack, and the crack was inside of. Oh, okay, that was those. Uh, see, I knew that. I feel. I feel like I'm. I'm in the world, but on the outside looking in. But I got a little taste of uh, what it was like. So, so you. How, how many years between you being sober the first time and then you slipping back into ten? Uh, so damn. So that was a long, long stress. So when did you? You know, you said you said uh, in the previous episode that while you were in rehab the first time is when you discovered you wanted to uh, be a comic. Be a comic. Was that j from watching, uh, you know, on on television, watching comedy on television? Like, what what made you say, I, you know what, I could do that? Oh man! First, when I was a kid, we listened to Bill Cosby. Okay, and my friend, you I remember the, the album projects, and my friend lived across the street from the project, mm -hmm. so he had a home. Okay. Right. Right. Um, he had the um, the spending the, my brother Russell, oh, whom I sleep with. with. Yeah. Yeah. Good album. Yeah, I memorized it. The first time I ever heard it, it was hilarious. Yeah. We couldn't stop laughing. My brother Angel and I, mm -hmm. and Jackie. Mm -hmm. I, I think I memorized it, and I was telling my friends about the jokes. And then um, 
the 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 album um, Richard Pryor. I listened to it in high in high school at my friend Emilio Garcia's house. Okay. The nigga's crazy. That nigga's crazy. Oh man. I was just looking at that oh, album man. at uh, Ian Edwards' house man, last night. That was yeah. the funniest thing yeah. I ever heard. Yeah. He goes, You can you can never get an ambulance in the ghetto unless you call up and say this shit. Five nigga killing white woman. Where's the body? <laughs> right, yeah. Man, yeah. fast, simple yeah. joke. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and then the joke about how how he goes, I am reaching down for my wallet. I am reaching down for my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> And then the one about oh man, my favorite one was because he 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 like had the exorcist? he had a t- he had everybody he spoke with about mm-hmm. that in that bit. There was people in my neighborhood doing that shit already. That's what was so brilliant about about like Richard Wolf. Pryor. Yeah, Wolf right, right, right. Was the guy Wolf was all well. Uh huh. Um. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Right. We got ways of shutting you up. Well, right. there better be some good ones. Right. <laughs> Yo, real side quick side note. I love the, the the beauty of comedy, man. Especially when you're sort of similar ages, is you could get like you could get twenty comics in here that all have the same experience with just that album alone. You know, whether it's myself, whether it's it's uh, Burr, whether it's Jim Norton, God bless, say Patrice O'Neill, Colin Quinn. We all at some point in our life sat in in awe just listening to. <laughs> The the LP spinning and and listening to Richard Pryor say some outlandish things and we were kids. I remember listening to that album. I was like what ten eleven years old listening to listening to it on low with the with the with the big headphones on because I didn't want my mom like my parents knew I was listening but I didn't have to be blatant about it so I couldn't have it blasted in the house. But it's just, it just I always love like watching someone else's experience when um. Watching through someone else's lens how they experience something that I also experienced because I love that album too, you know. So um, so those those were all sort of your uh, those those were all planted in you when you were a kid. So so the DNA was being getting embedded into you. And uh, also, um, VHS were like popular. Yeah. And I don't know you you remember um borrowing a, a movie from somebody of and there's like seven movies in it yeah 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 because yeah. you know you could put the little thing to TLC yeah yeah and you get yeah you could you could record because that was a thing on for those that don't know back in the days you you would you could buy a videotape for a hundred minutes for a hundred minutes but then you could switch from uh SL to uh, like SLP something you could go from uh S short play to LP to long play and you could six record hours. six hours worth of material <laughs> you know so I was just I was bad dude <laughs> I, I used to record anything I it, if it was br- from from the time I was probably 11 12 years old Till till VHS is when I style. I was recording anything associated with uh, b boying, with break dancing, with hip hop, music, and or culture, mainly rap and comedy. So I have stacks still. I have in my basement. I have stacks of videotapes of everything from A and E's evening at the Improv to like like rare comedy specials. You know, uh, uh, young comedian specials from HBO and and all those joints. So. I used I used because that was what I wanted to do. So I was like, I'm gonna just watch everybody. We had a I don't know if it, I don't know who loaned it to us. My brother brought it home, and my mom was in Mexico visiting, and we were all in the living room. We had like a sleep our first sleepover. Yeah, yeah. But it was in a, a legit sleepover because my mom didn't know. Oh, okay. we had people over. Okay. Right. Because you weren't you weren't supposed back in the days. I don't know about now, but you weren't supposed to have people over your we house. We were supposed to have nobody right. over. 
but she was gone. She's never going to find out. My friend had a VHS tape that was six hours long, and it was six hours of comedy. Oh, dude, that's dude. Awesome. And I never like I never watched stand up. I just heard it on the radio right. from Richard Pryor yeah. and, and Cosby. We saw Howie Mandel's half first half oh. half hour with a balloon. Yeah, with the balloon over the head. Yeah, he kills it on yeah. that one. Yeah. That fun, and they all all improv. Yeah. Then he brings those those two guys on stage, and he, he goes, "What do you do for a living?" He goes, oh, "I'm a fireman." No, sorry, I'm a tr- I'm a I'm a trash man. Are you really a trash man? Do you drive the truck or you hang out in the back like a fireman? Right, you know, right, right. I died. Yeah. And then they had a Robin Williams first ever special, uh-huh. the one with the hairy arms. With the fur. With, yeah, wearing fur a Hawaiian arm. shirt. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there was inside that outtake was also Ronnie Dangerfield's um, young comedian. The young show comedians joint. With the dice. That's man. with dice. Yeah, the dice. Dice man, Shimmel. Robert Townsend. Was Shimmel on that one? Yes. Yeah. It was Robert Sh- on the sh- on that one episode. All legends. Yeah. Like, yeah. where in the hell are you going to have another show like that yeah, with man. all legends besides Def Jam? Um, it was um, Richard. It was The show was Seinfeld going up first. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think um, that guy, um, oh, man, Jeff Altman. Jeff Altman. I don't remember that he, name. Jeff Altman, he's, um, he's, a, he's a very funny comic. Okay. He plays drums. He goes up on stage. Is that a rectum in my nose? I don't know my nose. <laughs> and then he'll, he'll do his dad's voice with his pants up like this. Let me tell you something, man. I'll fucking put you in my He would just put his I pants up. I feel like up. I remember. Yeah, He's I fucking feel like hilarious, bro. Yeah. He's fu- and then I'm, I'm then another guy named Bob. What? Who? What? Oh, uh, uh, Bob Nelson. Bob Nelson. Bob Nelson, the uh, coach with the, yeah. with the football player. And um, who else uh, was on it? Red, um, Ronaldo Ray. Ronaldo Ray. If I ever seen any alimony. That bitch better send me some pussy over the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, because I'm flashing back to being like 14, 15 years old watching this joint, man. This, um, so, so you watch. So you and the dice up. man was on and it dice, too. Dice, dice, of course. And, yeah, and then the the last com- the clothing comment was Sam Kinison. Kinison, yeah. Damn that. Damn that's a that's a powerful. Lineup, huh? Yeah, dude. And then Sam Kinison was, I think that was his first, his first time yeah. his specials. He was yeah. doing the jokes about, um, about. Let me tell you something, man. Stop sending these Ethiopians food. Send them luggage. <laughs> Send them where the fucking food is. How the fuck are they gonna eat food if nothing fucking grows there? Send them where the fucking food is. <laughs> You know, I'm, uh, you know. After we leave, after we finish recording, I'm like, so you still got that uh, on tape? Can I get a copy? Cause I still got the uh, the VHS at the crib. I still have VHS just in case I want to watch some of my old tapes. You know what I mean? Um, so, so when around what age did you actually finally get on stage for the first time? Oh uh, man, 25, 25 years. And what finally gave you the courage to finally get on stage? I don't know, man, because I was afraid. Uh-huh. We all were. But I was noticing when uh, when I was in when I was in rehab, mm-hmm. I had to open up and talk. Ah, uh, okay. So it was like um, rehab was my college years. Okay, okay, yeah. Because <laughs> you know we were set up in groups, you know, crack his here, heroin addicts there, mm-hmm. and you know we were fraternalized with each other. Well, mm-hmm. it was like a summer camp for me, and also like, my I felt like if I I never went to college. I went to community college, but okay. never had the university life. Right. Okay, you know, like, like in that movie Easy, when um Easy Money, I guess no Easy Money, Back to School, Back right to School, Dangerfield. Dangerfield, yeah, yeah, that was the movie came out in '87. Right, 
I never had that life. But in rehab, man, I got to open up. And I noticed... Because it's almost like college because you were, you were all together all the time. I know that when I, was, when I was talking about my problems or sharing stuff, people would laugh out loud. Oh, okay. But I don't know why they were laughing. Mm -hmm. I thought they were laughing with, at me. Mm -hmm. But then I stay more quiet. You know, I would stop saying shit. Mm -hmm. But then I would open up again and start laughing again. I said, uh -huh. wait a minute, man. I'm funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know what? In a, in a weird roundabout way, um, your addiction actually did help your your future in that. Obviously, I mean, you learned uh, how to cope with your addiction, but more than that, it it set you on the path towards your 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 true passion, which was stand up comedy and being able to perform in front of people uh, at a, with comfort without being afraid to. Because this that that still I never told anybody that I wanted to be a comedian growing up. Uh huh. The only person I ever told was the guy who bailed me out. Um, my, my this is this guy that he was cool, man. He was a he was a guy that gave me my first job, silent crack. Mm. I I didn't know there was there was a welcoming committee to, to introduce him. Would you like? Yeah, to, I was uh, selling sell? I was selling crack for a, a so I was I was crazy. I was seventeen or eighteen years old, mm. and I was selling crack for this fifteen, sixteen year old kid. Mm was balling, man, mm -hmm. balling. He had mm -hmm. bitches. He was only 16 years old. Uh -huh. He was like the 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 project prince, man. Right, right, right. And but he was selling from some other guy, and he, he introduced me to him. He goes, "Yo, man, Felipe, I heard you're doing good out here, man, mm -hmm. pushing things." Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm all right, I guess. Right. And um, so, he, so he he took me in his car. We're driving. He's like interviewing me in the mm -hmm. car. Then he gives me a half an ounce of uncut crack, mm. and he tells me bring back three hundred and fifty by the end of the night, mm. or page me. And then like I sold all that shit like in two hours. You found you had found your first calling. Yeah, man, sales. Right, right, sales. <laughs> <laughs> so I sold it all, and I gave him his money. Mm -hmm. And then I'm one of my friends told me that no, bro. You're not supposed to sell all of it and mm -hmm. give it all to him. You're supposed to make a profit. Right. So the thing was is that my 20s were bigger than everybody else's. Mm -hmm. But I, I had cut, because my friend cut up with a razor blade. That's funny, man. We're in somebody's back porch mm -hmm. cutting this while they're having dinner. Mm -hmm. All they're going to do is open their house and see two kids right. cutting up crack. So he, I, he cut it up in five, piece, four, five pieces, mm -hmm. but they were big, man. So I didn't make that much profit that day, and I sold them fast. But by that time, I had, I didn't know that, but I built a clientele. Mm -hmm. okay. so they thought Felipe has bigger. Okay, right. And I was nice. Right. So the next time, I cut, them, I cut those big pieces in half, mm -hmm. and then I sold them faster. Mm -hmm. But then I started getting greedy. I said, fuck these motherfuckers. Right. I'm going to cut them in another half. Mm -hmm. So full, I ended up making... Nine hundred dollars mm. out of the the the, the three fifty. So I gave him three fifty, right. and I made um five hundred and fifty dollars. Right, right, right. So I was making money. Yeah, yeah. So I started doing that for a long time, and young kid, too much money. Right. I don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna invest it. You know, right. I'm just gonna show it off. So I, all, all my money would go on fast food. <laughs> right. I would take all the other kids to go eat hamburgers. Right. Right. You know, future employees. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> 12 years old, 10 year olds. Yeah. I would all buy them food. Balling. And they would all hang around me. So, shoot, $20 for a 12 year old back in the days was, was a grip. So you had 500 You were gene. You know, and it's crazy because I, I never sold to kids mm -hmm. 
14 year olds, 15 year olds. But I can say I'm lying that I never sold to them because I've had <clears throat> kids underage sell mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And I was under and I was I was underage selling. But see what the problem is that um this is where the problem starts for kids doing young crack. If if you're giving a 14 year old kid crack to sell, mm -hmm. he don't know no adults. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So dig it. He don't know any adults. Right. He don't know no nobody who's 30 years old right now. All he knows is his friends. Right. So he gives it to his friend. He's 12. He smokes it. He, he loves it. Got him hooked He up. gives it to his 10-year-old friend. Mm. Next thing you know, you have a 13-year-old girl doing tricks for crack. Mm. Mm. That's right. the problem. Yeah, yeah. Because little kids Alone's don't know, man. Many. Yeah. That's yeah. how it really, that's how you get a little girl or a little kid mm. hooked. Right. Because they're, of uh, a kid, fourteen years old, shouldn't be selling crack. Right, and doesn't have it. Doesn't have, doesn't a have the morality yeah. to right. think like a like an adult. Right, like me myself, I would never sell to a twelve year old. And yet you were. You but didn't. Re you didn't realize you were, but you were. That's that's the 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 that's what's twisted that's the about regret. The, the idea. Yeah, yeah. And that's my cross to bear. Right, right. Yeah, right. Because the kids that I was, I didn't realize it, but. When that when that kid when I was selling for that kid he was sixteen mm -hmm. he's giving a grown man who's eighteen mm -hmm. crack which right. is normal mm -hmm. but he's also giving crack to his his young people to right. sell crack right so we're all fucking up the neighborhood yeah right 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 well you know we we all like you said we all have our cross to bear man and at least and we appreciate you at least you know you owning. You know the 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 past mistakes and 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 growing from them, man, and sharing them with with somebody out there that might listen and say, yeah, you know what, I gotta I gotta do better, man. So you finally get on stage. Where's your first show? You're, my, you're oh, my first show. Yeah. Oh man, first of all, um, before all that, I started like there was no internet, so I couldn't right. look up how to be a comedian. Right. right. Yahoo Answers. Right. I just went to the Los Angeles Public Library. Yeah. Hey. And I started like looking up. Um, I wrote down the Google word: "How do you be a comedian?" Oh, okay. And then I gave it to the librarian, mm -hmm. and she sent me to the the one thousand numbers. Okay. I think um, it's funny comedy writing. And then she looked it up on the index card. It's weird, huh? Yeah. How back then it was index cards. The Dewey Decimal System and, and all it, that. And yeah. she was going yeah. through all these ro yeah. roller dates. Yeah. And she goes comedy writing, and it was Gene Parrot. Mm -hmm. I think that's his name. Okay. P E R E T, and he used to write for um, the Tonight Show in the fifties. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! <laughs> Damn. I mean, there was no Judy Brown back right. then. No right. Judy Carter. <laughs> Judy Brown. No Judy Greg Carter. Dean. That's funny. By the way, thank you for your free class. It helped. Okay. Hey. I couldn't afford to go to those classes because they were five hundred bucks. Right. Right. And I was I was pissed off that my girlfriend didn't want to give me the money. Uh huh. So I just went to the free class and I took notes. Okay. And I remember Judy Brown um, comedy writing class. The first day we were there, it was $489 for six weeks. Mm -hmm. And then she'll give you a showcase at the improv and then, they, and then they'll give you a tape mm -hmm. okay. that you could shop around. Right. I really didn't know back then. I thought that tape was was gonna be magic. Oh, we, we yeah, everybody fuck, that's ever taken I those classes. I thought that did. tape was gonna be magic. Right. That's why I was fucking. I was gonna go back to robbing and stealing, bro, for the four hundred dollars. Oh wow! To go some more by so I was trying to figure out how can I make money real fast to get these four hundred dollars. Right. 
But I'm glad I didn't pay the money because I don't think I would have grown as much as right, I did. Right. Because I would have been focused on that stupid ass tape. Yeah. And then I would have sent that tape, not realizing that nobody, nobody gives a fuck about your tape. Cares about your tape. And that's the old that's the, rule that's the I hustle, have. Yeah. When a promoter asks me, how do I know if a, a comedian is funny or and not funny? This is how you know, bro. If you ask for a tape and that tape is there the next day, that comedian fucking sucks. If <laughs> 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 he fucking sucks like shit. Right, right, right. Now, if you ask, if you're going to call this comedian all the time mm-hmm. and you want him to be on your show, but he's going to turn your phone calls, that's the funny one. Get, get, get with that dude. Get with that dude. So where, where did you do your first show? Your first At set? the Natural Fudge on Fountain. Uh-huh. Natural Fudge Club. It was a Natural Fudge Comedy Club, but it was not really a comedy club, but they had punk rock shows. Okay. So it was, um, I met Jamie Kennedy there, oh, Freddie wow. Soto, Brian Holtzman, oh, wow. Cynthia okay. Levine, the Mooney Twins. Dig it. And... Um, Al Berman, um, Al Berman, right? Okay. He's an old comic. He writes for Jamie. Real fucking funny guy. Mm-hmm. And I saw all these cats there. Ruben Quintana, they were doing open mic there, and they were going to other places. But I only, I would only go there on Monday night because that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. I saw it on the Alley Weekly that they do comedy there. Okay. And let me tell you, man. All I, all I studied was the '80s comics. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, uh, man, I can't think of his name. Like, um, what's that comedian's name? He's totally 80s. Ripa? Ricka? Johnny Ripa from New from San Francisco? Got me. He's a totally 80s comic. Okay. He had Reagan jokes. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That was 80s. Yeah. Why, why, now, why, why did you focus on the 80s? Like, I, I have an idea why, but tell people why you uh, focused on 80s comics. Because they're the only ones that are on TV. Okay. And they were on my tapes. Mm-hmm. So, man, you, you, you would have died. You would have saw my first time doing comedy. I look like Fuzzy Bear. Really? All I needed was a hat. Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> I had the tie. I had the coat. Oh, damn. I can't. Dude, I can't. Dean, all I needed Did was patches. Did you have patches. The, the patches? Oh. I wish I had them, bro. Oh, my coat looked like one of those chef pants. You know, the one with the little colors? They're black yeah, and yeah, white. Yeah, yeah, I had a coat, bro. Ugh. I bought the coat. Ugh. And I had the jeans. And it had, oh man. Did you roll up the sleeves? It was horrible, bro. I had a fucking denim shirt and I didn't know how, where to find a tie. So I wore a bolo. Oh, oh my God, bro. You had Jay Leno's denim shirt with a bolo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was Johnny Redcorn, bro, oh, doing stand up. Oh, man. Oh, dude. But so how, so how did it go your first time on stage? Oh, man. I, the Mooney Twins, luckily, they they um they went up there and it, they were making fun of everybody in oh, okay. there. Were they hosting? They were the hosts? Yeah. Okay. They were dying. They were making everybody laugh. Mm-hmm. So they kind of took, man, I'll never forget the Mooney Twins because um, I think um, John F. Kennedy Jr. had just died okay. or something. And um, the... the Oh, that was, uh, what, what year was that? Like 1994, 98, yeah. Okay, I was going to say 95. Yeah, okay. And... Um, one of the Mooney, I guess the the straight one, was doing his um little like a eulogy, mm-hmm. and then the other Mooney twin got on one knee like John F. K. by the casket mm-hmm. like this, right? 
I died, man. Yeah, yeah. So every once in a while, me and my friend Rodrigo would never see a comedian lying mm -hmm. or saying some bullshit. Yeah, we always go in one knee. <laughs> That's funny. Because the Mooney twins. Oh, dig it, dig it. So I went up there, and um, I didn't have no material. I had material that I had written, but that shit didn't work. It was too long, mm -hmm. too wordy. Right, right, right. I had a joke that about uh, about how how um. They made a movie called about the last American Indians, mm -hmm. last of the Mohicans. Right, right. And then I said, I thought it should be a movie about the about the, the last Mexican mm -hmm. that was stuck here after he was called Mexico. Mm -hmm. He because he could be called the last of the Mojados, mm -hmm. which is the last of the wetbacks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a whole bit written down. Uh -huh. I get over there, didn't do it. Oh, I thought didn't you didn't do say it. You didn't did have the balls to do none of the material. Oh, wow. So I just started making fun of people. There was a man in the front, and I said, "Wow, this guy's a—he's—he's he's Amish. He's black and he's Amish. He has no job. He has no electricity. Uh -huh, you know." Uh -huh, and everybody okay, started okay, laughing. Okay. And I started making fun of other people, and then um, the owner uh, of the place, Johnny Roberts, he was wearing a suit. He had a suit. He goes, "Kid, you're amazing. Come back next week. We're gonna do a TV show." Oh, I thought I made it. Uh, yeah, of course. I thought I made it. First time on stage, they offer you a TV show. You're oh like, my Hollywood, God. I'm here. I thought I fucking made it, bro. I got back on the bus and I went back to the projects. Mm -hmm. I was letting everybody listen to my tape. Right, yeah. You had to. I, I had a tape recorder and I was like, the all these thugs, and I was sober. All these thugs right there, they're fucking smoking weed and they're listening to it. Goes, man, homie. Paul Rodriguez ain't got shit on you, homie. Oh, wow, that's funny. You're going to be somebody, homie. Right. And and it's, I don't know, man, just hearing that fool say that made me feel good. Cause mm -hmm. Of course. That fool's right now probably doing life in prison, you know? But you he know what? He different... had a sense of humor, and, and you would do from around the way, and he could have he could have leg swooped you and say, man, get out of here. And, I'm, and I knew this guy knew I was funny because mm -hmm. when I was in junior high school, I was coming home from school. And I saw that big thug Bungie. Bungie. And they were all hanging out, man, with um with their boom boxes, mm -hmm. all these cholos and all these black thugs. And guess what they were listening to? Where's Eddie Murphy Eddie Delirious. Murphy, delirious. Yeah. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> and I was trying to yeah. listen. Yeah. I was trying to be right there, you know, like trying to listen and shit. Laying the cut. Yo, man, get the fuck out of here, man. What the fuck what you fucking trying to do? Hang out right here. So they like, they kicked my ass out. Uh -huh. So I couldn't listen to the whole album That's right there. That's interesting, man. That's that's uh. So I thought that was cool, man, yeah. because they could have been listening to music, yeah, you know, or the Gap Band. But comedy brought them together. No, man, they were right there, getting high, right. listening to Richard Pryor. Right. No, I'm sorry, and, and, Eddie Murphy, yeah. Delirious. Yeah, and I memorized that album too, man. Yeah, I did. I I had that whole special. I still. I loved yeah, Eddie Murphy yeah. to this day, and man, when Beverly Hills came out, Beverly Hills Cop, the yeah. first one, yeah. I had to go see it, and I remember my father didn't want to let me go. Oh yeah, and that's because my dad was racist, uh -huh. <clears throat> and um, we couldn't watch black television shows in my house. Oh, okay. We couldn't watch none of that shit. He was just—he didn't understand. No good times. No good times. What to which we go to sleep? <laughs> right. I used to watch all that shit when of he was course. around. He'll come right. and change the channel without even asking. Well, what was he turning to? Because well, news. I, okay. <laughs> the news was more entertaining. The news at ten on, on Channel Thirty Four. And um, so I wanted to go see Beverly Hills Cop. All my friends were going. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember my father were arguing. You know, you get to that point when you fought, when you, you got to let your father know, man, you're going to pull up with this shit no yeah, more. Yeah. I was 16 and a half. And I, was I'm, your dad short? No, nah, he was tall, oh, man. Okay. He's 5'10. Okay. He's big, stocky. See, that was he's short big. To me. 
And um, but I was in, I was in, I haven't got into my six foot one status. I was still like five ten. Okay. But you're still afraid of your dad. Yeah. But I said, nah, man, I gotta stand up. So I st- I stood up with him, man. I said, I am going. Uh-huh. And then I made that fool flinch. Oh, word. I stepped up you, on this fool, dog. You, you. I stepped <laughs> up on this fool, bro. I, I was like a fucking rabbit, bro. I fucking stomped. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Wow. When rabbits let you know they're there, bro. Yeah. They'll, they'll stop right here. Right. And they'll let you know what line not to cross. Right, 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 right. So I stepped up to my dad and I got my chest up. Uh-huh. Fool. That fool flinched. And I laughed, bro. Oh, damn. Because that fool, I punked this fool, right? <laughs> fool. That fool back has me. Yeah, I was see, waiting for that. <laughs> and my nose started bleeding, yeah, bro. Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> fool, my nose started bleeding. Right. came out fast. So, fuck, I grabbed the shirt and I covered up my nose and I fucking ran out of the house. I said, I told you I was going, motherfucker. You got what you wanted. I got what I wanted. Okay. So I fucking slept. I, I, I snuck in. We went to the driving theaters. I got in the trunk. You know, Mexicans are cool with hiding in trunks. Yeah. So I was in the trunk, and we got to the move the, the driving theater. They let mm-hmm. my ass out. Mm-hmm. I was there with a busted lip, laughing. Right. Hey. hey. Didn't like, come home that night. You're either. not gonna fall for the banana and tailpipe. You gotta let it flow, brother. You gotta, you know. <laughs> Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana and my tailpipe. Nah, man. What we, I, I, what I kept doing was um, Damon Wayne. Oh, had the go ahead, you take those bananas. Without even knowing he was David Wayne. Right, back then we didn't know. We didn't know. Go ahead, you take those bananas. Yeah, that's that's funny. So now you're fo- so you do that first show, the 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 homies around the way big you up. You so you start hitting this the comedy scene and you start recognizing cuz that's what's funny when you first start out, it, I think it always takes that first time on stage and then you get familiar with all the other people and it's their first couple of times out as well. So is that the same for you? And then you started going around and just sort of getting acclimated with the comedy scene in LA? Yeah, I started hanging out with like Freddie Soto. Okay. Jamie Kennedy. Okay. I think Jamie was Kennedy was sleeping in his car back then. Damn. Wow. It was a tough times. Yeah. And um they told me about another place to go to. Mm-hmm. So they were having comedy right there on Sunset and Bre- La Brea. Mm-hmm. I think it used to be called an Acapulco restaurant. Okay. It was by the IHOP. Okay. But it's yeah. not an Acapulco no more. It's like uh, something else now. But they still do comedy. I don't know if they do comedy. Mm-hmm. They had a comedy contest. Winner wins $100 or 75 bucks. Full. I invited everybody from the neighborhood there. We were the, that was my only audience. Yeah. So as they were heckling everybody, mm-hmm. we didn't even know how that, what a heckling was, but they were heckling right. other comedians. Yeah, the comics hated you because you brought the hecklers. Yeah, right. about the audience. Right. So um, when I won, everybody was clapping. Yeah, yeah, Felipe. I won $100. And I remember the guy who won, he gave me the money while um, he was in my first choice. Mm-mm. And now we were going to fuck him up after the I show, bro. You were. That fool had to leave yeah. through the back immediately. Cause um, I didn't even notice, but one of the homies noticed. One of the older homies, mm-hmm. he said, "Hey, homie, I think that fool disrespected you mm-hmm. by saying that." Right. But I didn't see it right. I thought right. show business. You were, and you were just excited. Yeah, cause see, I, I'm trying to leave that life. Right. So right, I don't right. see everything as a disrespect. Right. Like I'll fuck off. You know what I mean? Right. right. So he said, um, "Hey, man, this guy's being disrespectful." And then, um, nah, man, I think he's just trying to be funny now, homie. He's saying, you suck. Right. <laughs> he goes, we should, should we go handle him right now? <laughs> I said, I said, do what you got to do. Man. Right. <laughs> I, I, I just want $100. I, I can't say no, 
Because that'll be, I'm weak. Right. right. And that's like, oh, so you're saying right. you're you're choosing his side now? Right, I mean, right, right. Is that what you're telling me, man? Right. You're choosing his side over us? Right. So now I, I got to go with the side who brought me there, mm -hmm. my ride. Of course, right, <laughs> right. So the guy ended up leaving out the back. I got my $100. I ended up buying those guys tacos. I was gonna say you bought you bought everybody food. Probably. Yeah, I ended up buying everybody food. You celebrate. I feel good, man. That in the beginning of my comedy career, when I fought, when I was doing the open mics, mm -hmm. these people that were supporting me, I was going to my shows because mm -hmm. I didn't have a car, mm -hmm. and um, they ended up. I was, I wasn't I wouldn't say that I was trying to give him show them a different life. But all I did was show them a life out of the 101 North. Right, right. Because I'm pretty sure you grew up with people who don't leave the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. Who don't leave Queens, who yeah. don't leave New Jersey. I always thought it was sad. Yeah, it's very that sad. That the homies or people don't want to leave their surroundings to go all somewhere else. Yeah. Like, you don't have to go to China, man. Right. To just go to Chinese Manhattan, people. just go to Hollywood. Go to Chinatown. Yeah, you don't yeah. gotta go to Russia right. to see Russian. Go to Russian. You yeah. wanna see exotic food? Right. You don't gotta travel the world. Yeah. You know, I know Anthony Bourdain is showing you right. that you gotta travel around the world. Right. But no, man, there's food in this neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. You want Scandinavian food? I'm pretty sure you can find it somewhere. Yeah. You want Ethiopian food? Go to Fairfax. Yeah. Right. Right. Relax. Yeah. Just open your your scope. Open your mind. That's 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 a, I I I find that uh, so many people are just afraid of opening. Them. People are very myopic and and they're stuck on just looking forward instead of just saying, oh, if I turn right. There's there's a uh, little there's Chinatown or there's little Italy or there's little Ethiopia. I don't tell you. I don't want to go. There's too many white people. Right, right. And I said, bro, it's gonna be it's gonna be okay, bro, because to to those all those white people, all you're gonna be is two Mexicans. Right, bro. right. You're gonna be like we're bringing a hundred. Right. And, well, and and there's a lot of fear involved with that. There's a lot of fear that that uh, people feel like they they aren't going to go someplace and be welcomed. I understand it. People but... in my neighborhood, they see what they're growing up. They always saw white people as authority figures because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the only white people they ever got a, in contact police with officers. were police and yeah, teachers. And teachers, yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Or and coaches. Right. 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 <laughs> Of course. So, so how long were you grinding before you got? What was your first? Would you say big break? Nineteen ninety six. Okay. So I was doing you, comedy six months. Okay. Or a year. Uh huh. And then they had a, they had a Latino Laugh Festival mm -hmm. on Showtime, mm -hmm. and it was gonna be shot in San Antonio by Jeff Valdez, who's a producer, and this other female producer named Nelly Galan, mm -hmm. which is um, Paul Rodriguez's ex-wife. Okay. She's Cuban. She's big, even though I've never heard of her. Every time her name pops up, I never heard of her. But she's behind a lot of a lot of shows. Okay. Nelly Galan, mm -hmm. she was the producer of the my first TV TV show, okay. Showtime. I got to meet great comics, man, yeah. on that show in '96. Comics that I used to look up to, like right. like um, John Mendoza. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And like, who yeah. knows that name? Half mm -hmm. Irish, mm -hmm. half half um, Puerto Rican, probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This guy was like. Three favorite comedians, man: Ronnie Dangerfield, Johnny Mendoza, and um, Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. Because I don't, yeah. I was, I was shy. Uh -huh. So, what Eddie Murphy could, was doing, and what Richard Pryor was doing, what Robin Williams was doing, what um, Howie Mandel was doing, they were going out of the box right. to talk to the audience. Right. And I always thought, oh, that's gonna be tough, right. talking to people on stage. Right. So. Um, I would like Stephen Wright. You know, he was deadpan. Very serious, very I straightforward. I once ordered breakfast. She said, order breakfast anytime. I said, I ordered um, French toast 
during the Renaissance. <laughs> See, I was a, I grew up a big Stephen Wright head, and then became a, a bigger fan of Mitch Hedberg because uh, Mitch came up like I remember like Mitch used to come through uh, New York, and uh, I just I just loved his uh, his style like how he how he controlled his voice man it was just real real cool you know and when, I, I always loved those dudes because they like you said they were out of the box they they went left when everybody else when his back. page on myspace follow me back oh dude i made it yeah 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 i made it and then when he passed away i think i was one of the first people to say um uh-huh. i'm sorry man yeah. too bad I never got to meet you i was right, so right. sad well, especially uh, uh, being a former addict, you know, I, I'm sure that uh, hit home for you. Yeah, you know, man. That, that uh, he was was he he was a uh, heroin. heroin. Yeah, heroin addiction. Well, I didn't know that he. I, I didn't know that he had any addiction. Right. I thought he was just right. uh, a shy, quiet guy with right. pink sunglasses, looking right. cool. <laughs> right, that's funny. Yeah. His uh, special, the one he did for Comedy Central, oh, dude. I, I thought it was good, uh-huh. and I thought it was sad too. Sad at the end. Remember that part where he goes, um, uh, anybody know who's giving away those HBO specials? I want one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's sitting there taping a special. And that's the thing that every comedian wanted, an HBO special. Yeah, now we know that it don't mean shit no more. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, you know what's even funnier? Um, if you if you ever get a chance, um, uh, buy, or, buy, this, buy the, uh, D, this, the CD, I think Mitch Altogether, comes with the Comedy Central special and comes with the first taping the first taping he bombed like if you watch the first taping because that was like one of my favorite gifts my wife ever got me she saw me is that when he sits on the stairs yeah. and he's bombing yeah yeah, yeah. i he, saw that one yeah he caught an l and then but it's similar to prior with live on the sunset strip the first one caught an l second one was brilliant you know and that and that's that's the beauty and 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 curious thing about what we do man is like it just the energy of the audience and the, and the and the crowd in the club just sometimes is not there, and then a, a half hour later, everything just clicks, you know. And, and and I'm sure that's that's happened with you, where you know you've you've been on the road someplace and it didn't work, and then you just make slight adjustment. Maybe you get your coffee, what have you, and suddenly you're like, "Yo, I'm 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 in this to win this," and and the crowd is is rocking with you, you know. I, um, Damn, it's, it's I love talking. Like I'm, I'm still a I, fan of. But there's of some, this, you know, there's so some just, comics that are hilarious yeah. now. Like, like um, like who I I love eccentric comics. Mm-hmm. Those are the comedians that I love mm-hmm. to work with. I'm a fan of like, and I know that my audience will never go watch them somewhere else because mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, hey, I don't know shit about one one North. Right. Like right. I like to bring comics to open like Brett Weinback. Mm-hmm. He's he's so funny, man. Like. He could just do. He, this guy sings the ingredients <laughs> out of the fucking Dorito bag. Right, right, it's funny, and it's fucking hilarious. Right, right, right. Who would have thought that? You're right. right. I would have never thought to just start singing glucerin, whatever. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> oh, saturated fats. <laughs> <It's> stupid. <laughs> So after you get your first break, you're now you're earning as a comic. What, um, do you have a day job or are you full time? Oh yeah, comic? man. Oh, oh, when did you quit? I was a day job. Uh, I didn't know when to quit. Uh-huh. I, I thought that that I don't know if I wouldn't. Uh, if they don't know what what made me quit my job was not that to pursue this comedy career. Mm-hmm. It was because they were they were taking my money away from child support and okay. my job. Okay. So I was working 
10 hours a day, mm-hmm. but my chick only saw three hours of work. Mm, dig it. Okay. So it was taking everything. I said, fuck this shit, man. Right. But I had a job at 7 in the morning. I would drive to Silmar, mm-hmm. and um, I was a security guard at this um, at this um, secure, uh, government building, mm-hmm. but I wasn't getting government pay. Okay. The government decides to save money by hiring their own private security mm-hmm. instead of having their own government security and paying them $20 an hour to do what we're doing for eight mm. or seven. Mm-hmm. So I would just check in people. It was like Allied Signal. Allied Signal, nobody ever heard of it, but they do a lot of government jobs. At my the place where I work, I only found out because somebody told me they did sonars for people. Oh, wow. Like the sonars to, for the boats and sonars for the planes. So they had Japanese companies, Jap, uh, a bunch of uh, military people coming in all the time. Our place, I never worked at a job where there's a basketball court and a volleyball court for employees. Mm, mm. So I never had. So That's a step up. Right? I'll, I'll get off at work at three, mm-hmm. and then I'll just I'll make it to Dodger Stadium mm-hmm. by four fifteen to start my second job. Oh wow. And then from there, I'll get off at 11, and then I'll go to the comedy store or go do my room in Montebello. And I did that for like three years. Yeah, yeah. So I finally quit. And when I was in D.C. recently, there was a guy named Joey there. Mm -hmm. And he came up to me and goes, Felipe, what's up, man? It's Joey, fool. He used to work with you? And he goes, yeah, I didn't know that. Wow. He goes, I used to work with you in Silmar. And I said, shit. No, man. (laughs) Security guard, oh shit. Yeah. He goes, oh shit, I perform at your house. This guy booked me. He goes, I told him I was a comedian at work. Uh-huh. I did a couple of jokes. He goes, hey man, we're having a birthday party for me. I got a, I got a Spanish rock band. I got a DJ. He goes, I, I would need a comedian. Would you do it for $100? I was, you know, it's funny. I was, I was saying for $100 because that was, that was how much you did. Like if someone offered you money, they, it was always that round $100. You're like, yeah, of course. Yeah, private parties were $100, clubs were 50 or 40 Right, right, right. So I did it. I remember doing his show, and um, there was this guy there who was like a hipster, com- hipster, com- hipster uh-huh. Latinos. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, one of the guys that doesn't want a, a good negotiate. Like, all his family's thugs, but he's not a thug. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. He's more like a hipster Mexican guy, you know, went to college. He's more, he, he has a lot of... A lot of hidden pride about being Mexican, right, right, right. but he, he don't have to show it unless right. somebody else putting down Mexicans. Right, right. So I'm doing all my jokes. He goes, but he asked me this question about, but what are you doing for the Mexicans? That threw me off. Right. What am I doing for our people? Right. And I told him, I don't know, man. Making a hundred dollars, <laughs> get out of my fucking face. I'll fuck your ass up, bitch. <laughs> That's what I'm doing, man. I'm gonna knock your ass out. So as soon as I said that, because I, 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 that. The voice didn't come from comedy no more. Mm, right. Here's a guy with a microphone mm-hmm. threatening you now. Right. So all he, he said, uh, so of course, as soon as that happened, he knew that I wasn't going to lay down. Mm-hmm. He knew he spoke to the wrong person right, like that. Right. So, so he starts tapping real thugs. Look at this fool. Right. So then the, the real thugs started coming around, so I left. Okay. All right. But he remembered that, mm-hmm. that guy in D.C. Guy last in DC, week. Joe. He goes, yeah, I remember one of your cousins started acting stupid. Yeah. He goes, yeah, man, he was acting stupid. Fuck that fool. Right. So, yeah, man. That's funny. That's funny. I haven't seen this guy That's since. 20 years. Probably 20, man. Yeah, 20 years, man. And and, and lastly, because I know we got to wrap up, but um, you, 
So you did last comic, right? And I, I you know what? I just because I, I, I adapt you on. You just did an episode of Superstore, which um I DVR'd, but I've been on the road, so I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. But how did last comic? Just that whole process in the couple of minutes we have left. How did you go about deciding you were going to do it? Because I know a lot of comics were reluctant at at some point in their career. They were like, man, I ain't doing that. That's fixed. Shit, we don't do no contest. Right, contest. Like we all, like you said, when you first started, you did a contest, and you know it's not always based on the humor. It's based on the the audience and the audience. Slave, you know all that crap. But they tell you that in the beginning, like these guys don't know. Right. You know, they tell you, they tell you that, they tell you in the beginning, you know, these guys want to cry after because they lost. Right. Oh, he was doing, he, oh, he's a Mexican. But you know that going in. Right, right. You know, you know that going in. If you're an asshole, you're going to be the asshole of the show. Right. If you're like the, the nice guy, right. they're going to pinch you down as a hero. Right, right. And now, hey, sorry, but I ended up being a hero. Hey. And hey. Um, they told you in the beginning, you know, right. you, you got to realize that when you go into a, a television show with a reality show, the right, they set it up. It's a TV show it's first. A TV it's show a, first. It's a production. You gotta first. sell Tide. You know right. what I mean? Right, right, right. And and cars, cars and Tide. So, but the background check, man. But the background check, I, I don't think we're gonna pass that. Mm -hmm. You know, but I know, I know, of your I, history I, because I know, of your background. I, yeah, and I, I know that I didn't commit no crimes. Right. But I know that people around me committed crimes. Okay. And my brother committed crimes right. in my name. Right, okay. I found out in 2010. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, private investigator, for telling me. <laughs> my brother got arrested for possession, and went and went and um, did the time. Got out. Mm -hmm. Was supposed to go back to court, but since they were expecting Felipe Esparza, Angel Esparza decided not to show up. Oh damn! So that sits there. They never told you. Never told me. Of course not. So, if I wasn't for last comic standing, mm -hmm. this is what would have happened to Felipe Esparza. I would have got pulled over by the police officers. Uh, I would have got arrested on that charge, and I would have been fighting that charge for uh, three months, six months, till somebody says I didn't do it. Right. But luckily, to, in 2010, um, last comment standing, they investigated that. I found out of my brother. They didn't believe me. Uh, my wife contacted my son's daughter. They sent me, because my brother's a, a, a career criminal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. He has no Facebook. He has no MySpace. This right. guy doesn't know even know how to doesn't know what a Twitter is. Right. So he could go on committing crimes. Right. Nobody's gonna find a photo of him right. anywhere. Right. But there was a photo of him with my niece. And they're both sitting down on the couch watching TV. Mm. It's a good photo. I sent that to the private investigator. He put those two photos together. All right, that is your brother. Oh. Okay. And I got in. Oh wow. Okay. And after I won last comic, my son's Who hosted mom, this? Was it Bill or was it Craig? Who hosted, hosted Craig Instagram. Robinson? Okay, Craig Robinson. All right. So after that, after that, um, they cleared it. Then um, I won, and then my son's mom filed for child support the next day. She became the last baby mama standing. <laughs> she got a hundred and forty thousand dollars tax free. Wow. You know, them being from the hood, right. of course they spend it all on white tennis shoes. Right, right, right. We love sneakers. <laughs> yeah, F4 ones like a motherfucker. Yeah. Leather jacket for everybody. Right, 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 right. Damn. Damn. Paid off everybody's warrants. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. But but it's okay, man. You know I, it I'm worked like out. Tina Turner, man. I just wanted my name back. Exactly. Exactly, right? And, and what and and last comic I what from 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 my perspective, what it what it seems like it also helped. I mean you know, obviously you toured and then you got into clubs that you weren't necessarily headlining previously. Yeah, th that's what what happened, like, for at least for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the other comedians on, right. on the show. Right. I'm pretty sure they've been headlining their yeah. whole 
already, mm-hmm. but I have it. Right. So if there, those other, just say if Tommy would have won, mm-hmm. it would have helped him, but it would have really helped him because already because he was already he would he would have been going to the same clubs right, right. for more money. Right. But for me, I'm going in for the club for the first time right, right. and growing with right. them. Because I remember going in for the basic price, which is for every headliner is, mm-hmm. I'll say it, mm-hmm. it's $2,500, mm-hmm. flight included. Right. And that's how you get, and the hotel room. Right. You know, I came in there and then, but then I built, I said, I came in there with $2,500 for the month, for the whole week, mm-hmm. plus a $250 bonus if I sell out. Right. So I sold out every single show. Right. So the next time they bring me, they're bringing me in as a, as a, for a percentage now. Right. You know, right. 75% of the door, or 80% right. of the door, whatever right. they want to give me. Right. You know, that's the good thing I got out yeah. of it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure those comics, the other comic would have got that, yeah. but I would have think they would have got it right away. Right. Because those comics, you know, sad to say this. You know, for them, the owners already know them. Yeah, yeah. And one thing about me is I don't hang out with the owner. Right. We don't have coffee together. Right. Let's go eat together. Fuck you, motherfucker. Right. Trying to bring him back for less next time. Right. No, I don't play that game. Right. You want to have dinner with me? I'll invite you. Right. You don't invite me, motherfucker. Right. I that's a control. That's, also, that's yeah. a control thing. I don't want you to call me my brother or my son. You know, I love Tommy T. <laughs> you know, I love Tommy from Tommy T Steakhouse, right. but he's always inviting me to go eat, go have lunch. Right. While me and the Wayans were all hanging out, that's you and the Wayans. Right, right. You know, bring your daughter over, bro. Right, right, <laughs> right. You know, bring your family over. <laughs> if it's your whole family and we're hanging out, right. hey, I feel more appreciative. Yeah, yeah, because you're bring, bringing me, me into you, the circle. If yeah. it's me and you, it's business. Yeah. You know, you're going to buddy-buddy me. Yeah. Come on, brother. Right. Come back for less. Yeah. No, man, ain't going to yeah. happen, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't make no relationship with the owners. Yeah. Because I know who booked me was the improv in Hollywood. It right. was a new motherfucker. Right, yeah. Yeah, and they, um, and real quick, because we're about to uh, wrap up, because I have another podcast to do. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, um, you know, what do you have coming up that people can keep their eye out for? I know you said your work, you have a new special coming out. I have a new special coming out in January. I'll be on Superstore again, November 10. So you have a recurring role? Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I have a, a funny man. This is cool. I didn't see. I, I saw it again the, last week. I saw it on Hulu. Okay, I was the last credit co-starring. Oh, uh, dude, that's a good look. That's and nice. I always, that's remember, nice, right there. Hell bro. yeah, man! Hey, I, I like I, that. I like and that. And I could tell. I could, and I could honestly say I was cut from four scenes. So uh-huh. the episode was t- ten minutes too long. Oh, okay. And um, it was cool, man, to go into a place and know what to do mm-hmm. and learn from other comedians because. I would have never known how to be a co-star without listening to Fred Stoller mm-hmm. talk about it yeah, yeah. and learning from his mistakes right. and learning from um, other people that, are, that get on shows. Because when you get on a television show and there's, and there's a comedian there who you're funnier than, mm-hmm. who you've been doing it longer than them, and you know you're, you're better than them as a comic. Ego. You shouldn't let your... You, let your ego get in the way of that. Yeah. Because you're in a different business now. Yeah. You're not in a comedy club where you could talk shit. Right. You're in a place where ever you're 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 hired. Yeah. You're a you're hired, hired hand. hand. Yeah. You're not a stand-up comic right. here. They don't beast. give a fuck that you fuck your beat you you punk Jeff Garcia somewhere. Right. Or right. or or you know, or you're threatening people's lives. Right, right. You know, you go in there, man, and you'll be 
an employee. Right. So yeah. I'm over there, man, you know, happy. Playing, playing. I'm happy to yeah. be there. Happy to be working. <clears throat> happy to be working with Nico Santos. Yeah, yeah. You know, and be nice to everybody yeah. goes a long Bro, way, man. relationships that we in, a, in the, we in an industry where relationships go a lot further than talent, unfortunately. And just do you your know, job. Do one you thing about, I learned about Fred Stoller, mm -hmm. Which is, if anybody wants to learn about being on a television show, yeah. go buy go, Fred Stoller's yeah. book. I got both of them. Maybe we'll have you back. Yeah, that's a great book. And I didn't know by reading that book that when you're there on a TV show, you want them to bring you back. Yeah. And you're trying your hardest yeah. to hark. You're, you're trying your hardest to nail the lines that you have and make them say, oh, that guy was funny. Let's get him back in here for another episode. And I knew by being there, I knew not to look around to make sure that... Um, that uh, that um, Ruben Fleischer was there with the producer, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. co the the creator of the yeah, show. Yeah. I wasn't looking over my shoulder to make sure he was there to to make him laugh. Right. I know I wasn't looking. I wasn't shaking. I was next to the director. I'm begging. Right. Man, can we do that scene again? They, can, like they can. They can sense. I was just. Ah, oh, damn. They can sense hungry. They huh? can smell that. I was just. Uh, 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 Owen Smith and Ali Leroy, good friends. Um, they work on. Ali Roy. Yeah. They they work on Survivor's Remorse, and so Mike. Ah, Mike Molly. Mike. Uh, the showrunner. He used to be on. Uh, yes, dear. And we we were talking about that. We were talking, and and obviously Owen brought brought me because he felt like Mike should meet me. But I didn't go in there on some desperation. Hey, Mike, you like me? All See me tap dance? I just went. I just All went Derek on some, Carter style. Yeah, dude. I just. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, check out my Bernie man. <laughs> yeah, man. I just went. I spoke to him like a man. I was like, "Look, man, I respect what you do." And he was like, "You, you look familiar." And I was like, "And I appreciated that." I, I was like, "I was like, yeah, you might have said." And Owen was like, "Yes, and no." But I was like, "Hey, we were talking about our kids, you know, because they've seen every." Every approach, every every, approach. every here, it's I'm gonna try to, to get it cool, cool with you, but I but you really have something I want. They've seen it all, so just go and be yourself. Oh man, remember that part of the book where Fred Stoller is talking about how they're they're, they're shaking everybody's hand on friends, yeah. and he tries to rush to the front yeah. of the line to shake the producer's yeah. hand, and then he stops uh, shaking hands. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just awkward man just, oh, just I don't want to be awkward. like that yeah nobody does you don't want to be I don't want to stick man. my hand out and just and just stand and, and, there. and your hands just left out there because that guy doesn't you don't know that guy doesn't shake hands yeah that's how I felt with with Stephen Wright uh -huh. I didn't know that he was a germaphobe oh, I had no idea yeah. so I'm working at Dodger Stadium I'm greasy bro I'm dirty as fuck oily Chicken. Hold on, hold on. And you're Mexican. Yes. And chicken, yeah. And I got fucking chicken skin all over my hands. And I fucking Stephen Rice sees me take my work glove out of my hand, and and I'm, my hand is all wet and sweaty right. from the inside, uh, being a uh, being a glove all day. And I'm shaking his hand. I reach out, and he swear to God, he puts his hand inside of his hoodie, and he shakes my hand with his hoodie. And I went back inside, and I said, you know who the fuck that was? Right. You know who the fuck that was? Oh, but nobody know who the fuck that was. Right. That was fucking Stephen Wright, right. motherfuckers. And I had to do his bits. Yeah. But um, I, did, I didn't take it personal that he shook my hand like right, that. Right, right, right. Because I, I think about it. I was dirty, and I didn't know he was a germaphobe. Right. 
And if somebody would have came up to me like that now, I probably would have yeah. given him a little fist bump. Yeah, I, I'm I'm big on the fist bump, and I and I also always have Purell in my back pocket. Howie Mendel, just in case, just in case. Hey man, Felipe, man, you're one of a kind, brother. I appreciate you coming and rocking out with the Father Muckin uh, protocol. I'll be in man. downtown LA on January. Yeah. 21st okay. at the Club Novo. Okay, okay. No, formerly Club Nokia. Okay. Oh, okay. Why they changed the name? They um, got sponsorship. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Um. So downtown LA, you have the new special you're working on. What, yeah. what was the title? Um. It's called um, Felipe Esparza Translate This. Um. Is that going to be Netflix or a particular network? It'll be somewhere. Somewhere. Okay. Okay. Hopefully Netflix. Okay. Okay. That's a that's a good look. Shoot. If Chris not, Chris Rock got got twenty million. Was it twenty or forty? He got a lot of money. So Netflix got some money for you too. Yeah, man. A lot of people, are, they're going for the money. Like, who pays them more for the special? Uh -huh. I just want people to see it. Just I want, want people I want to see the, it. I want to play with the biggest audience. Exactly. Give exactly. me 15000 Just yeah. pay. Just pay. Give us the money that we paid for the special. To shoot the special. Plus an extra, whatever you want to right. give us. Right. Let us keep it afterwards. Right, right. Let us have a, a second look. Yeah. Because nowadays, they want to keep the only look. Yeah, yeah. I want you to keep it. You want it, it to go on different platforms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hulu, Netflix. Hulu, Netflix. HBO, Showtime, Comedy Central. TV bot, whatever it's TV called. Bot, where, wherever you wherever you go with it, man. Well, brother, thank you for thank you for coming on these two episodes and opening it up. You you have a, a, a rich story uh, that I hope you know people out there got got something special for. Um, I appreciate we finally got a chance to rock out. You know, yeah. you got rock out with your cock out sometimes. I'm sorry, mommy. I mean, you know, I I, I can't control it. Sometimes comes out. This guy does the best Tracy Morgan, man. He does a better Tracy Morgan than Tracy Morgan. Do the Tracy Morgan man when he's like. What are you serious? When they're putting makeup on him and he's quiet, like just talking like this. Listen, you got, you got, you got to realize it's it's all out there. This this is the Dagobah system. <laughs> this is the Dagobah system, and, and, and Lauren Michaels is Yoda. You got to listen. There's there's knowledge out there. I respect your ambition, but you lack vision. That's the Mac right there. Yeah, man. Hey, yo, man, Dean Edwards, all things uh, comedy. Thanks for the love. Uh, uh, hit me up at I am Dean Edwards. Subscribe, support, like. Uh, uh, the Father Monkey Protocol will catch y'all next week. Two fingers, all love, peasy. <laughs>